We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packer fans welcome into an all-new episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl joining me once again is the one and only carmen vitale you can follow her on twitter at carmy v Carmen, it was an interesting week in the NFC North, to say the least. The top two teams, at least from a record standpoint, um, I guess the Vikings are number two technically. I don't know. It's close enough. But the Lions and the Packers both lose. The Vikings and the Bears both win. Either way, a very interesting week, not to mention a 3 nothing win for those Minnesota Vikings. But before yeah. we get into all of that, how the heck are you doing? Uh, I'm good. I was at that Minnesota Vikings game. So I... <laughs> I know. Please feel bad for me. Uh, it was in Vegas and it just wasn't the, uh, you know, you think you're going to get lucky in Vegas. And I guess at the end of the day, the Vikings did. The one time that what happened in Vegas should have just stayed in Vegas. No one needed to experience that. No one needs to talk about it. That was as ugly as it possibly gets. Uh, I guess maybe until Monday night football happened and the Packers lost to Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants. Let's kick things off there today. A disappointing performance for the Packers, but wanted your take and just overall takeaways from that game. Yeah, I mean, from an objective point of view, it was fun, right? Like. Tommy DeVito and the mania keeps keeps rolling. I'm Italian. Uh, all my family is is from that area, the tri-state area. So it's a big deal. So from that perspective, I guess it was kind of a fun thing, but obviously not for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but right. this, listen, it progress isn't linear, and, and that's the bottom line. I don't think that this the one loss to the Giants is enough to erase the progress they've made. It's enough to erase Jordan Love's progress in particular. It's it, it showed you know the the defense the defense's inability to stop the run uh, reared its ugly head again. But I just I don't think that there's a ton that you take away from this game going forward. It's just one of those things where this is still a very young team. They don't have it all figured out, and that's that's okay. Nor do most teams in the NFL at the moment. And that's kind of where Green Bay is in that huge cluster of sort of mediocrity, some teams that can win on any given week and lose on any given week. And you're not exactly sure what you're going to get on a week to week basis. I am with you. I'm not really you know, willing or ready to dump all of the progress that was made against the Chiefs and the Lions um, just because of this game against New York. If anything, it shows that. There's one more, at least one more. There's a lot of lessons this team needs to learn still, but there's one more key lesson that this team needs to learn in that 
is you have to show up every single week in the NFL right. and play your best version of football. And if you don't, like I said, if you're, you can get beat by any team in this league. And if you play your best football, you can beat any team in this league. They didn't have the same intensity, focus, um, and just execution against the New York Giants. I mean, not even close, a night and day difference between those Lions games, this Chiefs game, and then this this game this past week against New York. Now, I know you wrote an article um, basically kind of going over which you know lessons these young Packers can still learn from this loss. Um, your thoughts on what they need to take away from this game? Yeah, I think you just said it. And Matt LaFleur said it after the game, too, that it doesn't matter who you're playing. If you're not locked in, you're, you're, you're not going to win. This is the NFL. It's not like college where talent can trump you know most of your opponents if you're at one of those big time programs this is everybody's talented even if things aren't necessarily going right and listen the giants too they are number two in blitz rate behind only the minnesota vikings they have a very aggressive defense that is going to try to get you off rhythm and that's exactly what we saw on on sunday so or on monday night rather and i think that that's when you see that, you can take all of that experience. And now, you know, Jordan Love has seen that many more different looks and that many more different packages. And this is all good experience for the entire offense, which is incredibly young. And then it's also a reminder to the defense that, hey, the defensive side of the ball isn't as young and they have some proven talent. I know that they have a ton of injuries and everything like that, but there really is no excuse for when your quarterback, your young quarterback, gets you in a position to win the game late in the game with a minute 33 left. And even despite all of the mistakes that he made throughout the game, you cannot let up. And the, 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 I know the, the number one stat that Joe Barry always points to is like, well, we're only giving up an average of what 20.5 points a game now. And it's like, I get that the scoreboard, that's kind of the stat that matters, but it's not the end all be all. And I mean, they're, the Green Bay is 31st in rushing yards allowed per game. They're not getting takeaways the way that they should. They're not giving the offense extra chances. I mean, you can't tell me that if the if the Packers didn't have an extra drive offensively, that they couldn't have done something, especially later in the game. And the fact that there's not pressure being generated, and it's so stark against a team, which is funny to say, like the Giants, who do get pressure and who do send more than five rushers all the time. Uh, it just, it, it lets you know that there are other things that also matter and something needs to change. You cover a team in the Minnesota Vikings that is dictating their terms on the defensive side of the ball for better or yeah. worse. Sometimes, sometimes they give up some explosives, but they generate their own big plays as well. And again, they're the ones that are dictating terms. The giants in this game on defense dictated terms to green Bay. And Joe Barry and this defense did not. They played their same brand of football that they have in under for three years now under Joe. It's not progressing. It's not getting better. It's less and less creative and imaginative by the week. And it rears its ugly head in the worst possible moments. And I think that's the part that is really, really frustrating and disappointing that they haven't learned from some of these situations. I thought the Steelers game was such a great game to learn from going into this game against New York. They basically had the what not to do version of this game just a few weeks ago, and they didn't really learn from it. It was the almost exact same game, 200 plus rushing yards, a quarterback that was mobile. Then obviously DeVito was a lot more mobile than what Pickett was in that game against Pittsburgh, but the same exact sort of game plan. And it's just mind numbing at times to sort of see that. I I do want to give 
One thing, and this is not an excuse by any means, but I haven't really seen it talked about much. I don't think the Giants are a good football team. I think we've we've talked about that. We've been there. We know that. I do believe, even though there's been some bumpy moments over the past year-ish, that Brian Dable and Wink Martindale are both very smart head coaches, yeah. or coaches, excuse me, coordinators, whatever you want to view them as. And then they both had that extra week to prepare for this Green Bay team. Yeah. And you could tell both sides of the football for New York – were very prepared for this game. They had read the Joe Barry playbook. They knew they had answers to everything that Green Bay was going to do before it happened. And I think Wink Martindale really confused Green Bay early in that game as well. That was the least comfortable that we've seen Jordan Love in a while. Mm -hmm. I do think they deserve a lot of credit for the game plans that they put together. Again, not an excuse. Green Bay executed poorly. I don't think they had the best game plan overall, but I do think that that played a factor in this as well. Yeah. And I think that the coaches themselves had more motivation, right? Because otherwise, like you're facing some really hefty changes in New York if the season continues to go off the rails. Uh, Granted, you know, the quarterback position has been such a rotating cast of characters for New York and everything like that. But I do agree that they had a little extra to prove, maybe not against the Packers in particular. The Packers just happened to be the ones that were coming in at the time. Um, And I, I don't think that, yeah, like you said, Wink Martindale, He's a very well-respected defensive coordinator in this league. And again, the Giants scheme is very aggressive. He's known for his aggressiveness. And that is exactly what, you know, we saw Jordan Love kind of struggle against earlier in the season. And he's not immune to still struggling against that. He's still, at the end of the day, very young. So they knew exactly what they wanted to do. And they stuck to that and adjusted throughout the game as well, which I think is what's also lacking in Green Bay's scheme is the adjustments that happen as the game is going along. It's very interesting to me to look at this from a macro level because of all of my dealings and conversations with coaches, uh, there's a trend that I feel like I've seen and I've talked to them about where you look to the side of the ball where they do invest the most uh, as far as you know free agent acquisitions, draft capital, whatever it is. And I feel like the more talent you need to have on that side of the ball is the less confident you are in the coaching on that side of the ball. And I've always kind of looked at that and it's rung true time after time where you're like, all right, how much coaching are these guys doing when you have, I'll use the Bucks as an example, when they won the, the, the Super Bowl, you have Tom Brady, you brought in like so many free agents and veterans to be kind of player coaches so that that offense operated autonomously whereas the defense had young players had no name players had little known players and they were all trying to work kind of cohesively in order to make that go and I think that you see that with the Green Bay Packers now with all of the especially draft capital they've put into the defensive side of the ball I mean is it that they don't have the confidence that Joe Barry can kind of evolve the scheme and make sure that he's playing to his personnel that he has. I don't, I, that's just that that's my musings. I literally just kind of thought of it because I've had so many conversations with coaches about that. I think there's a piece of that. I think the other piece, especially in green Bay over the years, I think there was a, such a strong feel and I'm just going to go over the Aaron Rodgers era a little bit more in this, obviously not, not the Jordan love just this season, but I think for so long, the thought process in green Bay was you had an offensive-minded head coach in Mike McCarthy and, and Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. And then you had an offensive-minded coach in Matt LaFleur with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones specific early on. And there's always all this conversation of, you're not going to use a first-round pick on a wide receiver. You're not going to go out and sign a bunch of players. Mm-hmm. I honestly think the thought process was, we've got an offensive-minded head coach 
and one of the greatest quarterbacks that have ever lived will put up points. Don't, don't worry about us. We will find ways to put up points, go build out that defense and continue to spend first round draft picks. And as much as you can on that defense, because if that defense ends up being a top 10 defense and we've got our hall of fame quarterback in our offense, we're going to go win a super bowl. And unfortunately for a variety of reasons, whether it was capers or peppers or sorry, uh, pep, Petten, excuse me, Capers or Petten, trying to combine Mike Petten and Dom Capers into one person. <laughs> Dom Capers and um, Peppers. When you get yes, Julius exactly. Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> they had all of it. Uh, Petten, Capers, or now Joe Barry, they've never really been able to do that, except really in 2010 when they won the Super Bowl, when they had right. Charles Woodson and Nick Collins and Clay Matthews and BJ Raji and AJ Hawk and Nick Bart, like just a massive group of defensive players that were so good, Tremont Williams, et cetera. Um, and that formula sort of worked. It hasn't because they've not really been able to ever kind of get back to that style of defense, whether due to poor um, roster decisions and roster building or poor coordinating and coaching, probably a little bit of all of the above. But I do think if during those seasons they could have got to that top 10 level of defense, top five, whatever it might have been, they're probably fine on offense with everything that they had at their disposal, specifically a Hall of Fame quarterback, just never got there. Now Green Bay's in a different situation where they don't have that oh, we've got a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. We're, we're going to be able to put up points no matter what. Everyone needs to be a little bit better in all phases. And when you've got right. the 28th rated DVOA special teams <laughs> and the 28th rated DVOA defense, defense and the 31st right. run defense and an mm-hmm. offense that's like fine, but it's not like top five every year. Right. Now things are changing and it's just not good enough. I mean, you and I both talked about earlier in the season and before the season even started, I was saying that, listen, the defense is going to be need to be something that Jordan Love can rely on. They're going to need to bail him out. And it's so far this season, we have not seen the defense be able to bail Jordan Love out. It's been yeah. the opposite. Exactly. And there's been times where it hasn't happened, which was again on Monday night against the Giants. And that to me, it on paper, it looks like you were able to, you were going to be able to have that. And I raved about how much the, the Green Bay Packers had set Jordan Love up for success in his first year, but it just hasn't materialized that way. And you're right. Green Bay has been too used to having to rely on their offense. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers being the guy that he was to never, you know, he never believed he was out of the game until the clock struck zero. There was always a chance with Aaron Rodgers and he made things happen that no quarterback has any business willing his team to make happen but he did and now you don't have that at least not yet maybe Jordan Love turns into that but you really needed to take the onus off of the offense and put it on the rest of the team to lift him up as he develops so you guys have probably noticed by now that the Packaday podcast is 365 days a year and we've now been doing this for over five years You've probably also noticed that I haven't missed too many episodes over the years. And let me tell you, that isn't by mistake. The truth is, before I started the podcast, I used to get sick way more often. I figured at the time that it was just happenstance, wrong place, wrong time, maybe ran into someone with the wrong germ and I got sick. What the heck was I supposed to do about it? Then I had a friend recommend to me a vitamin regimen that helped my immune system. And ever since I started boosting my immune system, my instances of being sick drastically decreased. Turns out, wasn't always just happenstance after all. When I was sick, I wasn't feeling focused. I felt sluggish and that led me to fall behind on my work and left me stressed out. Me taking vitamins helped, but then I ran into a different problem. Taking multiple vitamins every day was becoming a hassle and I figured there had to be an easier way. That's when I started drinking AG1. 
When I started drinking AG1 daily, I not only continued to boost my immune system, I also had more energy and was able to replace all of my multivitamins. That's because AG1 is a foundational nutritional supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. Not only did I replace my multivitamin with AG1, but I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. That's why I'm proud to have AG1 as a sponsor for the Packaday podcast. AG1 is the supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash packaday. That's drinkag1.com slash packaday. Check it out. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's the holiday season, and in our family, we're gearing up to get all of our holiday shopping completed so we can have those magical moments of giving the gifts that people are going to love, and we can see the joy on their faces when they open those gifts. As a father of a 6- and 10-year-old, those moments are magical, and they mean a ton to me. Now, you and your family may have different holidays or different traditions, but one thing remains the same. You get to define how you give to yourself this holiday season, and this holiday season is the perfect time to do just that. You could treat yourself to a spa day, maybe make your favorite meal for dinner, or maybe the best gift of all could be a gift of therapy. As I've talked about in the past, therapy has been a huge benefit to me in my walk in life. As much as we want to put life on cruise control and act like everything is perfect, the fact remains that life is hard and you don't have to walk that journey all by yourself. As soon as I realized that is when my life took a turn for the better. Therapy has helped me focus, it's helped me avoid negative triggers, and it's helped me enjoy the little things in my everyday life. If you're thinking about starting therapy this holiday season, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be ultra convenient, and can be suited to your own unique schedule. In this season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making Prize Picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. And to credit Jordan, when they needed it most, and I know they had good field position coming off the, the Valentine fumble return, but 
He got the Packers in the end zone. He threw a great touchdown pass to Malik Heath that ended up being incompleted. And he came back and threw another one to Malik Heath, who Malik Heath made a great catch on that one. So, like, when when they needed it most, love came through from, unfortunately, the defense did not. And that's been a reoccurring theme for years now in Green Bay. Uh, As I mentioned, it was a weird week in the NFC North. The Bears beat the Lions. Packers lose to the Giants. And the Vikings somehow come away with a 3-0 win over the Raiders. (laughs) Your thoughts on the rest of the NFC North or anything that you want to go over NFC North related this past week? Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I grew up in Chicago. I've I've learned an appreciation for defense because there just wasn't, unlike Green Bay, there was not much offense to glean off of uh, when I was growing up in Chicago. Um, so I appreciated for I appreciated the Vikings defense for what they were able to do. And for that matter, the Raiders, I mean, usually when you only give up three points, you win mm-hmm. the game. Uh, Max Crosby is just superhuman, a non-human. I don't know what he is, but he's incredible. And the way that people game plan for him week after week, but he's still so effective is just the, the Raiders have a good one. They should never let him go. Just build the entire thing around him. That being said, yeah, and then, you know, the Bears beat the Lions. The Lions are really banged up right now, um, which they could be getting a little bit healthier now, and and I talked about that kind of at length. But the Bears have a very sneaky good defense, and that's something Lions coaches told me before the game uh, and even earlier in the season, a couple weeks, a few weeks ago at at this point, saying the Bears don't have a bad roster anymore. Like, it's a very sneaky good roster, and they're just a couple question marks, a couple holes away from completing this rebuild, and you're seeing that down the stretch here. The rest of this season in the NFC North is going to be very interesting. I think the Lions are just too far ahead for anyone to truly challenge them at this point. And I don't think anyone's good enough, honestly, at this point to string together enough wins with the Lions having enough losses. They're just going to win the North. The rest is very interesting, though. Green Bay's got a relatively easy schedule. The Vikings are starting Nick Mullins. I actually think that's the worst of the three options that they could have gone with, but that's just me. And Josh um, Dobbs is now QB3. They, they, yep. they bumped him all the yeah, way back down. They have a rookie. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you're going to go, like, young and just experimental, like, go Jaron Hall and just go see Jaren what he Hall. has. It would seem yeah. like that would be a better – I don't know. They're They're in a very interesting spot. Um, they've got Detroit twice, Green Bay and Minnesota face off in a few weeks. Like that's going to be a really interesting journey for the Vikings in a Saturday game this, that we'll talk about in just a second this week. The Lions, again, haven't been trending great. Then maybe they'll get a little bit healthier. I still think they win the division. The Bears are trending up that Bears Packers game at the end of the season, shaking up that it might be a little bit more interesting than it looked like a, a handful of weeks ago. And um, yeah, you just a Packers team that's got an easy schedule, but you don't know which Packers team is going to show up in any given week. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. You, you talked a little bit about Chicago, though, and before we start previewing this week's games, I got to ask you, we've talked about the Bears are kind of trending up. It's not quite as bad of a team. They've got some games left on their schedule that they could potentially win. How is this affecting the decision with Matt Eberflus, with Justin Fields? We know they're going to almost assuredly know that they're going to have the number one pick in the draft with Caleb Williams likely going to come out. Drake May has already come out. How is all of what's going on right now affecting that decision-making process? And I know we have a long offseason to go, but it'll be here before you know it. Yeah, I mean, I... I've been saying all season that I, I believe that Poles and Eberflus kind of sold McCaskies on a three-year rebuild. And this is, which is good because you want to have a little bit of confidence and stability as you're trying to build a foundation for sustained success. It's not just capturing lightning in a bottle. So these things take time. And I think by the end of year two, now what we're seeing, at least out of the defense, you're, you're seeing tangible improvement and you're seeing kind of more of the final 
product of what the Bears actually want to feel defensively. And this team looks like it has a defensive head coach. I don't think you rip the rug out from underneath them at this point. So I, I, I've been saying that I think Eberflus's job is likely safe, not to mention he could have one or two years. I'm not sure. We, we don't know his specific contract details, but he could have multiple years left on his contract. And the McCaskies have just not shown a proclivity to let these guys go before their, t- their contract is up and pay a coach that's not coaching for them. Justin Fields is an, is a, is a different scenario. It's a more interesting and complex scenario. You're running out of time with him. You have to make a decision on his fifth year option this off season. And you, I don't think that you've seen enough from him this year to bank your job on. If you're Ryan Poles, that's what we're talking about here is like, he's going to live and die with whoever ends up quarterbacking this team. And at least if it doesn't work out with someone like Caleb Williams or someone that he brought in, then you feel a little bit better about that because he was your guy. And I think that matters a ton. Justin Fields, the the biggest thing you needed to see out of him this year was consistency. He said so himself. And I just haven't seen that at all this year. He's had a couple games where he's thrown for four touchdowns. He has not thrown for more than one touchdown in a game outside of those two. Now he's run for a couple touchdowns. He's obviously very explosive with his legs, but we need to have the bar needs to be higher for Chicago fans as far as a franchise quarterback goes. This is a guy who has almost 40 starts in the league. And I, I'm getting into all of these conversations and that turn into arguments basically uh, with, with Bears fans and, and commentators and stuff like that, where I'm like, I don't understand how you don't take advantage of the opportunity you have in front of you to reset the quarterback clock that now that you have a good defense and you have a kind of complete team and you can continue to invest in that because you're not paying a quarterback, that's a total cheat code in the NFL. Look at what the 49ers are able to do with Brock Purdy. They're not paying him anything. So their defense is loaded. The rest of the team is loaded, his offensive weapons. And I, I just don't see enough to warrant keeping Justin Fields who you're going to have to pay 45 to $50 million in two years. Uh, his fifth year option is going to be worth between 20 and 25 million. And for a guy you're not sold on, that's a lot of money. And that's taking away a lot of capital that you can use elsewhere. It should be an easy decision. I mean, I know it's not, but it, it you're a hundred percent spot on. I still feel like, if you, if you select Caleb Williams and you start that QB clock over rather than paying a bunch of money to Justin Fields, I feel like the worst case scenario for you is probably that you end up with another Justin Fields-esque quarterback and you are doing it a lot cheaper and you're starting that clock over. It's it like to, to go forward with Fields and to pay him all the money that he's going to need to remain the quarterback, that, that to me seems like a, a worst case scenario. Now, maybe there's like, if, if the argument is that, well, like, well, what if we get a Marvin Harrison Jr.? And what if we surround him with all this stuff? It's like, if you have to surround your quarterback with a ton of stuff to be successful, you've already told on yourself that it's not the yeah. right quarterback. Like he's not, he's not the guy at that level. If that's what you need to do in order to make him successful. And you get the opportunity where like the floor for Caleb is probably, like I said, it's a similar trajectory to what Justin Fields has just gone through. And the right. ceiling is so much higher. higher. I would be beyond shocked, beyond shocked. If they do not go in that direction, my, fan fiction Packer side of things. My weird <laughs> twisted mind on this is that I hope that after drafting the guy from North Carolina and passing on the potential superstar in Patrick Mahomes, that they go the opposite way this time. They draft the potential superstar 
pass on the guy from North Carolina. And this well, time it's in the North Carolina. Carolina. That is absolutely <laughs> amazing. And they completely screwed up again. But I digress. That is my Packers fan fiction side uh, of things. And ultimately, I would hate for the NFL if Caleb Williams ended up being terrible. Ended up being be more fun if Jordan Love and Caleb Williams were just both amazing and just had this long-term rivalry. How fun would that be? Seven. Having two young quarterbacks getting to duel it out? And my last, my last thing to add on that, too, is like everybody's like, well, think of the haul that you could get for trading back the number one pick. And I'm like, okay, so what? You want, a rec- you want another receiver, you want another offensive lineman. Couldn't you get a proven commodity at receiver and offensive lineman for less than you would have to pay Justin Fields? Okay. When his yeah. when it, when his long term deal comes due, you can get those two. You can get very high caliber proven commodities at those positions for less than fifty million dollars a year. You very much can do that very easily. So I don't know why we're and and draft picks are they're question marks at the end of the day. I know that Marvin Harrison is probably as sure of a thing as you ever get, but even him, you're not guaranteed. So I, I don't I don't understand why you're you want you're willing to roll the dice on all these other positions, but you're not willing to roll the dice on a quarterback position, especially a quarterback talent pool that is touted as one of the best in years. Not to mention that if they want to go that direction right now, they still hold the number five pick in the draft. We'll see like the difference between the number five pick in the draft and the playoffs is one game right now. So like how that is going to shake out who the heck knows, but uh, they could take the number five pick and trade it down and get more first round pick, like probably multiple first round picks for that and go that route anyway, and still take Caleb Williams, not to mention trade Justin Fields for stuff, not to mention save a bunch of money on the Fields co- contract going to Caleb Williams and spend money on building your roster around that. It's all math, math, math. math. The math. math is mathing. It is. It is. All right. Uh, quickly, let's kind of go through the games this week. We'll start with the non-Packers games. You've got Vikings at Bengals noon on Saturday. Yes, noon on Saturday. Vikings at Bengals with Nick Mullins at quarterback. Broncos at Lions, 7-15 on Saturday. So we're getting an NFC North-filled Saturday. And then Bears at Browns, noon on Sunday. You're uh, taking it in any direction that you want to take with those three games. Uh, well, I think that it's very fitting that Vikings and Bengals are on noon at noon on Saturday because that's usually a college slot and that's likely to be a college-esque game. Okay. That's my... No, I, like I said, I can't say enough about the Vikings defense, though, and I can't say enough about the job that Kevin O'Connell has done in all of this quarterback carousel. Like, if The fact that Josh Dobbs is now number three and the fact that he was able to get as much as he was out of Dobbs with not without knowing him without jobs knowing kevin like that to me speaks volumes as to what kevin o'connell was doing you know in the headset before it cut off during the week as you're game planning like he's spelling everything out and i just think that speaks to how good of a coach that kevin o'connell is um and then the defense just playing absolutely lights out i'm i'm so happy for brian flores the broncos and the lions i mean the broncos are trending upwards so this is not going to be an easy task for the Lions at, by any stretch of the imagination. They are at home, but that hasn't really seemed to matter as much this year. It's all about injuries. And I mean, I, they're talking about how CJ Gardner Johnson could potentially be coming back within a, a couple of weeks, but there's no guarantee that he comes back this week. The um, same with Frank Rag now. That's the biggest injury to me because Jared Goff is a completely different quarterback when his offensive line is hurt. And not to mention the center in particular. I mean, we saw the errant snaps. We saw some of the exchanges not happen very well. Graham Glasgow is a fine player. He's a fine kind of rotational backup. And he's been playing guard um, in, in the absence of Big V. But I just, I don't think the Lions are the Lions until that offensive line 
is is solidified again. And that could happen by the end of the year, but it's going to be very interesting with the Broncos um, and what Sean Payton's going to try and do against them. Bears or Browns. Uh, have you seen? I brought this up yesterday. Have you seen the memes um, of it's like the quarterback conversations, but you know, you see them shaking hands at the end of the game and it's like, he's coming for you. And then the next slide is the other quarterback and like, Oh, you know, he said you're next on his list. And it's like the, I I saw it this week. It was Justin Fields, all these quarterback conversations. And then at the last slide is Joe Flacco's coming. And I'm just like, this is hilarious. And I love it. I think it's so fun. Yep. We love, we love, I just, I love making just like legends out of these guys. And he already was given how much he got paid after the Super Bowl and just his career and trajectory in general. Um, But the Browns defense, I mean, talk about the way that they can confuse a guy, the way they can get a guy off rhythm, just the pressure that they can bring the talent on that side of the ball. They have a couple injuries there, but I just think that that's going to, it's going to bring the, It'll bring the bears back down to earth. Yeah. That, that Browns team, you want to talk about teams devastated by injury. Holy cow. They are going through it right now. They lose Grant Elpit, Agbo, Garanquo, and Maurice Hurst this week on the defense. Just, um, and that's like a tip of the iceberg of the the players that they're already missing on that team. It has been a really rough season injury wise for them. I'm honestly intrigued and maybe I'm just a degenerate. I'm actually very intrigued by all three of those games. I think all three of them have the potential to be close. Um, Again, Vikings are going with Nick Mullins. They're playing in Cincinnati. Vikings have not looked great, but their defense looks amazing. But the Cincinnati, speaking of good coaching jobs, like they've done a really good job of keeping that ship afloat. Sands Joe Burrow. Yeah. That's a really interesting matchup with both teams. Weirdly, oddly, still fighting for playoff positioning like that. That's an interesting game to me. Broncos, mm-hmm. Lions, you mentioned it. Broncos are playing unreal football. Lions are not. I think the Lions yeah. are the better team playing at home. But if you just want to look at like the trend line for both of these teams, you'd say, all right, like the Broncos are the ones that are playing far better football as of late. Yeah. And then Bears, Browns, too. Browns massively beat up. Bears actually kind of weirdly, oddly trending in the right direction lately. Right. That, that All three of those are rather interesting to me. Not to mention the one we want to go over next, which is Buccaneers Packers, which both also find themselves right now if the season (laughs) were to end today in the playoffs, the number four and the number seven seeds, respectively. And both of these teams desperately need wins to get into the playoffs. Your thoughts on Bucks Packers? Yeah, it's going to be, uh, again, this is going to be another test for Jordan Love because of the fact that Todd Bowles does some really intricate things up front. He really likes to get creative. He likes to, you know, present some exotic looks, put players where you don't expect them to be. Um, they're still, they're, they're working through some injuries on their, on that side of the ball themselves. But I do think that this team, the Bucks have played well against the Packers historically for the last, the last few years, at least. And I, I don't think that the, the weather is going to be a factor because it looks like it's going to be like 40s in Green Bay, yeah. uh, which is which is pretty, you know, pretty normal. Um, I, I don't think if, you know, even I was at the NFC Championship game where the Bucks won over the Packers in like a, you know, very cold, snowy NFC Championship. So I, I don't think that that's going to play a factor. I just think that these teams are both have a lot of question marks. They're trying to figure things out and they are one misstep away from being out of the playoffs or one fortuitous bounce from being solidified as a playoff team. And that's the parody in the NFC is just insane at this point. (laughs) It is. And it's funny you mentioned that because like 
we we can talk about all these matchups and time of possession and turnover battle and everything. And it literally could just be like a bounce of a ball that goes one way or the other. And it ultimately may decide the fate of either of these teams. That's just kind of the way that it is with these teams being so close. And it ultimately just probably ends up being like, which Tampa Bay team shows up, which Green Bay shows up. If you get a good version of either of those teams, they're both good. They're both talented. Mm-hmm. They both can win. If either of them throw up, you know, one of their, you know, random, not as great games, both of them can lose this game. Like, right. we'll just see which side of these teams show up and which way the ball bounces because it literally is like that dumb and stupid and also kind of real. The key for, I think, uh, Tampa's offense and Green Bay's defense is again going to be the running, the rush defense because uh, Rashad White has really come on for the Buccaneers the last few games. I think he has close to 300 yards, 284 yards in his last three games, uh, a couple of touchdowns, and that's been that's been a new thing for the Bucs. The Bucs haven't historically been able to run the ball the last few years very well, uh, dating back to even before their Super Bowl run. So I think that that is that matches up pretty well as far as what Green Bay's weaknesses weakness is on on defense and now what's becoming a strength of this Buccaneers offense. So if you can get if they can get Rashad White going, um that's going to be really difficult for for the Packers and then again if they can confuse Jordan Love and and get him out of rhythm again like the Giants did. I think the, I think the Bucks are third in blitz rate. I think it goes Vikings, Giants, Bucks. So this is this is pr- a pretty brutal stretch for Jordan. Jordan. Love. Spoiler alert, Rashad White's about to have the game of his life on Sunday because that's just how usually things go against the good run defense. But we'll see. Maybe, you know, Joe Barry, December Joe Barry's been a little bit better, you know, kind of in that saving his job yeah. sort of time of the season. So, and he's had Baker Mayfield's number the past two Decembers when he was a member of the Browns and the Rams the past the Rams, two years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Should be an interesting matchup. Carmen, awesome stuff as always. Always fun breaking down the NFC North with you every single week. Uh, tell everyone where they can find your work and find you on social media. Yeah, Carmi V, C-A-R-M-I-E-V. I think it's at the bottom here. Uh, that's where I post all my stuff. That's where all, all of my appearances end up at. Uh, that's a go-to catch-all for all the stuff that I'm doing, but all my articles appear on foxsports.com. Make sure to give her a follow. Check out all of her articles every single week over on foxsports.com. Of course, you can follow the podcast at Packaday Podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. That's going to do it for us today. But until next time, and as always, go Paco. Go Paco.